0: Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up guys, welcome into today's episode, we've got a lot to get to today, gonna mention the proposal, I know I kind of got on a soapbox yesterday about it, so I'm not gonna go too in depth today, but we will mention a couple of key differences in the proposal that has been reported from the owners and the commissioners office and has been sent to the players union. Depending on what time you are listening to this, what day you're listening to this, we may already know the outcome, but I've got some thoughts on that also. Going to jump into some do-overs that I've received via the Locked On Reds line and through Twitter We'll talk about all that here in just a minute on the Locked on Reds podcast, brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. So let's jump in. The Players Association has received the proposal from the owner's group and the commissioner's office. It's interesting because, for the most part, the proposal is pretty cool. It's it's regional travel only, kind of like we said they're going to do that. They are not rearranging the divisions. I, I had that part wrong. Apparently, actually, that that was never actually discussed. The Atlanta Braves ownership group mentioned that there was never any traction to realigning the divisions in that way. Because the Braves said they would never play in a division that's not the East, that's a non-starter for them. So yeah, no realignment. The Reds would still technically be in the National League Central. It's just the only teams they would play would be the National League Central teams or the American League Central teams. And then the playoffs would be expanded to 14 teams, seven in each league. Which is another interesting thing, because if the Reds were to be the seventh seed last year, they would have to be 12 games better. And it's not that hard to squint and see the Reds being not only 12 games better, but the teams ahead of them kind of taking a step back. So I think they're in good shape for the expanded playoffs now. In this proposed deal, the expanded playoffs, the number one seed gets a bye with the other six teams being involved in three-game series, so best of three, to determine who would be in the divisional round for the next round of the playoffs. So I do kind of like that. I I think I was way against expanded playoffs before, but the more that I see that, the more I kind of like it, at least especially for this shortened year in which the regular season would be 82 games starting in July and going through October, there would also be universal designated hitter and expanded rosters of up to 50 players with a 20-player, like, taxi squad, quote-unquote. Some of you that play fantasy sports will know what that means. That's basically admitting that there will not be any minor league baseball. The one problem is going to be the money. And pretty much anybody who is close to the situation agrees The players' union is going to turn this down, and there's going to be some negotiating. How long that negotiating will take, that's the important part, because the optics look bad for both sides. For more on that, you can listen to yesterday's episode, because I don't want to jump on the soapbox again here, because we've got some good stuff to get to with the do-overs, but the proposal has been passed to the players' union, and we'll see how it proceeds from here. Depending, Like I said, depending on when you're listening to this, you may already No, I'll be monitoring that. But let's jump into some fun stuff. So I introduced the idea of the number one do-over you wanted to see in Red's history. You go back through all of the different stuff. There's so many things you can come up with this. But the number one do-over, I've got a voicemail and a couple of text messages and tweets to talk about here. Let's start with a voicemail from Greg in Maryland.
1: Hey, Jeff, uh, Greg from Annapolis, uh, heard your do-over question. I had uh, uh, a couple things. One is I wish Bob Hausman would have never left and put uh, Dick Wagner in charge. Uh, Wagner, you know, made some really bonehead moves. Um, the one thing I would have liked is to see them do, and I never understood why they didn't pursue it anymore, but... Um, they had traded Dave Rivering to the A's for Vita Blue. And uh, Billy Kuhn nixed that because I think the Reds gave a million dollars into that trade. I think it was sometime uh, uh winner of 77, winner of 78. So we could have matched one of the uh, best lefties at the time, Vita Blue, with one of the best righties and Tom Seaver, and we could have um, – Uh, done a lot better uh, with our pitching. I never understood after they nixed the trade why the Reds didn't come back with more prospects like the Giants did. Um, The Giants didn't really give a big haul whenever you go back and take a look at it. And I'm not sure why the Reds couldn't have uh, done something differently. Also concerning with Dick Wagner, not firing Sparky Anderson. Uh, You know, Sparky was such a great communicator, great uh, got the most out of his, uh, players. I had a debate one time with, um, Goose Gossage, and he thinks that Tony La Russa started the, uh, uh, getting, uh, players out early with pitching. But I came back to Goose and said it was sparky. And we agreed to disagree. But, uh, anyway, and then my final point was, I wish we could have put Billy Hamilton on the 2012 playoff, uh, team. I feel like somewhere in that game three, Billy could have stole second and uh, and maybe even stole third. And, uh, you know, we could have gotten him in instead of having to go to the 10th inning and lose the game like that. Uh, I always wondered uh, why we didn't have Billy there as a pinch runner, uh, stolen base extraordinaire uh, to uh, help us with uh, the 2012 playoff run. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Keep it up. Thanks for everything during the uh, crisis here. You're keeping me entertained while I work on my yard and paint my house. All right, man. Take care.
0: I appreciate those kind words there at the end. And there's a lot to unpack here looking at Bob Housum and that trade there for Vita Blue and even the idea of having Billy Hamilton up in twenty twelve. Got some thoughts on that. Real good stuff here. Lots to unpack here in just a moment. But I want to shout out to Build Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar. I'm serious. There's no I've not tried anything else that tastes this good. The flavors that they have, the absolute power packed lineup. And they're so healthy for you. You've got to check out Built Bar, man. They've got mint chocolate cream, double chocolate mousse. They've got some really good fruit flavors as well. And there you got to check that out. Plenty of good peanut butter, coconut, almond, all that good stuff. If you've got a taste for it, Built Bar has the great tasting bar for you. And healthy-wise, let's just compare them to the macro of Cliff Bar. Everybody knows Cliff Bar. Built Bar has half the calories, and seven times less the carbs, and seven times less the sugar. But it still tastes amazing. And you can try it today. For $10 off your first order, go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. You'll get $10 off your first order of the best Tasting Protein Bar on the Market, that's BuiltBar.com, and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off your first order today. This podcast is also sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. Widely regarded as arguably one of the best baseball players in the history of the game, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experience meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a forward read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author, John Shea. Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or are looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is the inspiring story of one of sport's favorite living Legends buy the audiobook edition of Twenty Four now wherever audiobooks are sold. So going back to what Greg said, he presented three ideas: Bob Hausman, the botched Vita Blue trade, and Billy Hamilton in the two thousand and twelve NLDS. Would have you know, the Reds having would have called him up. Looking at Bob Hausman, based on what I've read. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't around back then, so I didn't know it as a fan firsthand. But reading about it, looks like he stepped down for the better part of six years and then came back in 83, hung around for a little bit until Marge Shot got here, and she, she kind of rubbed him the wrong way, so he retired. But what if he didn't do that? What if he was still the general manager? Would things have been really different between 77 and 83? Part of the reason that Reds fans look back on Dick Wagner and they wish that it would have been Bob Howsam is that the moves that Wagner made were tearing down the big red machine. Someone was going to have to be tasked with doing that because if the Reds were going to move into a new era, they had to make some moves. Now, the unfortunate thing you see... Don Gullett go to the Yankees after 76 through free agency. They didn't really get anything from that. And just things like that and and the bad trade of Tony Perez. But that was Bob Housen. That was when he was still there. And then Wagner takes over and just kind of continues the dismantling. Would have really been different with Bob Housen. It's like the difference between Dick Williams and Walt Jockety. Walt Jockety was the general manager during a period where the Reds had to turn over some veteran players and turn them into prospects with potential value so the the value of the trades while unfortunately some of them were so bad we already know that they were not good trades but in hindsight when you look at those deals that bring in future talent it's harder to evaluate that and you kind of look down on Walt Jocketty because, well, he's the guy that traded Jay Bruce. He's the guy that traded Todd Frazier. He's the guy that traded your favorite player here. That's the way that Dick Wagner looks. I mean, he's the guy that traded your favorite players from that era. So it would have been interesting, but I don't know that it would have been that different. On the Vita Blue side, now maybe that does get done, and maybe that's a different story there, but I don't know. Altogether, I'm not sure that changing general managers in that era really does much. However, the Billy Hamilton thing is interesting. Now, 2012, he started the year in High A and got called up to Pensacola midway through, and he spent the year, the rest of the year in Pensacola in Double A. It was back when the Reds' Double A affiliate was the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, but he didn't quite make it to AAA that year. And there were some, I remember there were some grumblings that the Reds might look at bringing him up in September. However, that would not have made him eligible for the playoffs. He would have had to been on the 40 man roster on August 31st. So there would have been some moves made and all that good stuff. And there were still questions. I mean, there were always questions throughout his minor league career of plate discipline and strikeouts and things of that nature. So that question was always there, but I'm with you. It would have been awesome to have him as a pinch runner there late in the game in the NLDS and having him steal second and steal third, putting pressure on the pitcher to make the perfect pitch to the guy at the plate, whoever it is, whether it be Joey or Jay or Brandon Phillips, whatever whatever have you. If Billy Hamilton is on the base path, the pitcher was sweating a bit. It's just, you know, he had trouble getting to first base a lot. But that's neither here nor there. That was an interesting thought. And I appreciate those do-overs from Greg. And real quick, and and this one's kind of cool because he uses both forms of medium. Risto actually tweeted his do-over to me at Locked On Reds on Twitter. And then he followed up with a text to the Locked On Reds line at 513 549 0159. So, like I said, this is from our buddy Risto. Risto had said if he could, he'd like to go back and do the whole Veda penson deal over again, i.e., not do it. Because the Reds traded Veda penson for Bobby Tolan and Wayne Granger. And looking back on that, would have been nice to still have Veda Penson around because that would have kept the outfield pretty strong. And I like this as well. What he sent into the Lockdown Reds line was a little bit of extracurricular statistics on Wayne Granger. This is kind of cool. He said um, Wayne Granger had three main distinctions as a Red from 1969 to 1971 that occurred in the 1970 season. He threw the last pitch at Crosley Field He recorded the last win by a pitcher at Crosley Field. And he threw the pitch that was the only grand slam in a World Series hit by a pitcher in the 1970 World Series loss to the Orioles. So yeah. Some interesting ones there for Wayne Granger, but I'm with you. Looking back on it, it would have been nice to keep Veda Pinson around. I'm always in favor of anything that keeps Veda Pinson in a Reds uniform if you're talking about a what-if and a do-over situation because Veda Pinson was awesome. And this last one kind of had me intrigued. This was from Josh in Tennessee. He says, My do-over would be not to let Davey Johnson go after the 1995 season. As a matter of fact. I would have signed him to a lifetime contract. I appreciate the the do over. I don't know about the lifetime contract. For a manager. And, and kind of along the same lines. As Bob Howsam. Not sure as to what. a Keeping the manager. Instead of letting him go. Would have looked like. But consider this. Davey Johnson only had one. Full season. There was a couple where he took over in the middle or he got let go in the middle, but he only had one full season with a losing record. He had a winning record every other year. And he only got that one World Series and that one pennant with the Mets. But at the same token, a pretty successful career, pretty winning career for a guy who after a very, very nice 1995 season just wasn't with the Reds anymore. Would have been nice to see him stick around, at least for a little while longer, to see what he could have done with that roster. But yeah, that's some do-overs for today. If you've got a Reds do-over, or let's expand it a little bit, a Reds what-if. What is the one thing on the top of your mind when you look back on your uh, life as a Reds fan and you think, man, what if this had happened differently for the Reds? Or, if you look back on something good and be like, oh, what if they didn't do this? You know, go back and looking at, what if the Reds really liked Dan Straley? What if they had held on to him and not traded for Luis Castillo? What if the Reds thought that Sonny Gray was done? And that's just looking at, you know, super recent examples. There's plenty of others in the past, let me know on the Locked On Reds line on 513-549-0159 or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and the show at Locked On Reds. Also, check out the Facebook page at Locked On Reds and all that good stuff. Make sure that you're subscribed wherever podcasts can be found. That is where the Locked On Reds podcast is as well. And one of the best reasons to subscribe is you will not miss episodes like tomorrow when we have Stephen Offenbaker on to talk some more evaluations looking at now since we're starting to see the gears turning toward a 2020 season. These evaluations will become more and more relevant. I know that some people may be like, oh, what are you evaluating players for a season that's not even happening right now? Because we believe that there will be some baseball soon and steven offenbaker will be on tomorrow we'll be talking all about that probably talking about the proposal as well and seeing what the players union has uh, responded to all that good stuff you're not going to want to miss it but that'll do it for us here on today's episode now tell your smart device to play locked on fantasy baseball thanks so much for listening and i'll talk to you all tomorrow